Welcome to the Clone Saga Chronicles uh, 2.0 feed for, from SpideyDude.com. If you're listening to one of these older episodes, you'll hear references to our Podomatic website and a voicemail number, which is now defunct. So if you're a new listener who just found this uh, podcast, pay no mind to the links that we give out, like CloneSagaChronicles.Podomatic.com or a voicemail number. Enjoy this classic episode of Clone Saga Chronicles. Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Guys, to the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood webmaster and host of the show. And uh, joining me is my my trio, my three musketeers, my uh, my panelists. Of course, led by Mr. Bertoni Beetle, Ayo. aka aka the uh, leading contributor for Spider.com. Although somebody is starting to take his place, and his name is Gerard De La Tour, who's the uh, op-ed writer and uh, Reviewer for the Spider for Spider Dude that cap. Hey, although I'm not actually reviewing anything at the moment, so <laughs> it's it's war. No, yeah, it's more the op ed part. Brandon DP is our old buddy who uh, keeps le- keeps ne- neglecting us and leaving us for dates with Miley Cyrus. So welcome back, sir. It's good to have you back. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I've been sick and have basketball, and the schedule hasn't worked out. But I'm here now. Dude, well, I told you, back. Miley will give you some infections. You know, she's that girl's <laughs> that girl's dirty. That girl's well, around. I, I, um, I thought that being a month away would get rid of that joke, but <laughs> I guess not. No, no, it hasn't. It will never die. Guys, we don't have any news this month. I'm kind of sad. You know, there's no big Ben Riley news other than that we're not getting a regular feature in Web of Spider-Man. It's going to be a one-and-done thing. Well. Sad day. It's uh, we gotta fight for it. I mean, this isn't the, this isn't the end. They gave him a feature one month. They're not giving it to him the second month. But let's see if we huss and holler if we can get one in a few months. And you know what? We got Wacker. He just got promoted. He was talking to us on uh, uh the Spider-Man Cross Space Board today. Should probably bring that up to him. Show him some uh, yeah. feeling photos that we have of him that he doesn't want to get into the wrong hands. You know, maybe Ben yeah. Riley appears in web. Maybe the photos disappear. Who knows? <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, another thing we don't have this month is we have no voicemails, we have no emails, and we have no comments on our Facebook page. Now, I know we have many different ways of of getting a hold of us, but uh, I'm really disappointed in every every single one of my listeners right now for not at least getting something out to us. You know what I'm saying? Are you not disappointed there, Bertoni? I'm disappointed, and I, I feel like I have to threaten a teen sensation or a small, cute animal in order to, you know, get the point across. I mean, is that what you want? Do, I know. You, do you guys get your rocks off by having me threaten, you know, cute, cuddly things? I mean, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. You know, the album art lately has been stuff like, you know, comic covers. We don't get a voicemail by the next podcast. The album art is going to be. Uh, Three images. First image is me holding a teddy bear in my hand. Second image is me slowly peeling the head off, a la Siler from Heroes. Last image, you're going to get a teddy bear without a head. Now, I'm sure that this is not all what you want, so look, I was getting tired of the whole, you know, getting PETA up my butt thing and everything else like that. 
Yeah, wow. I'm so glad Brad Douglas isn't here right now because he would have just totally tore me apart for get PETA up your butt. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't want to have the reputation of being the guy on the podcast that threatens animals, but you know what? It got the job done. So if I have to threaten the teddy bear now to get you guys to write in, that's what I'm going to do. If you like bears, call in, write in. You know, you can't say that your excuse is that you don't know the number because you know that the number is 206 339 5570. And how hard is it to dial 206? Three three nine five five seven zero. It's not hard at all. So you know, no, I mean, it's two zero six three three nine five five seven zero. Am I, I complaining that we haven't said the number enough? Okay, but we do have a iTunes review that we neglected last episode. Is uh, by Steve J. Rogers. Pretty short. It's a very a, a great niche podcast. This is what he said, and a good verbal companion to the web tome, Life of Riley. Keep it up, guys. Well, thank you, Steve. You're the only person that actually left us any reviews of any kind. Yeah. So you you can't. We we're not going to kill the rabbit this week. And uh, Steve, but, um, faithful caller. I'm sure he's even the guy that. Yeah, you, you recognize his name and probably his voice. It's pretty unforgettable. Getting on to our reviews this month, we have. We're going to do a full arc. One full arc, a three-part arc called uh, Smoke and Mirrors, and we're going to start uh, Players and Pawns. This particular month in Clone Saga history is is uh, the beginning. It, it's a pretty important event, right, Bertoni? I would say so. Um, I mean, really, they were all important events, but this is uh, when we leave kind of what was Phase 1 of the Clone Saga, which was Peter and Bang going off in their separate ways. I mean, now they're back together, and... Uh, Kane's finally stepping up and interacting with everybody. The Jackal's back. And we're finally starting to get some... I don't know if I can call them answers, but we're getting... Basically, the answers that we're getting are just raising more questions. Confused? You You will be. be. You will be. You will be. Relax, Yoda. (laughs) Dude, not even Yoda, with his, like, infinite Jedi wisdom, can decipher, you know, what the heck is going on in some of these books. To quote the immortal Glenn Greenberg from Life of Riley, this was, it was this story that kicked off what would become an increasingly tiresome stream of clones, lies upon lies, fake-outs, and convoluted, twisted, twists and turns. Good. Said it better myself, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Smoke and mirrors. Let's get started. Let's get started on smoke and the mirrors. Okay, smoke. Previously, previously on Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Well, really, there's not that much to pick off of, but we're going to open up with Web of Spider-Man 122. What you guys need to know, if you haven't been reading the Clone Saga so far, is Ben has returned, but Peter he kind of disappeared in an explosion while he and Peter were fighting in Ravencroft. So he and Peter haven't seen each other in a while because Ben didn't really want to make his survival known to Peter, but. Uh, his way of not making his survival known was by becoming a costume superhero called the Scarlet Spider and having his own adventures. Meanwhile, Kane, he's watching people in the shadows. Dr. Octopus is watching people have sex. Kane doesn't feel that you should be watching people have sex, so he breaks Dr. Octopus's <laughs> neck. And uh, he kills the Grim Hunter because the Grim Hunter is a pathetic villain. And uh, Jacob Raven... He's in New York, and he's like, I will find the killer of my partner. But first, I will talk about finding the killer of my partner for months and months and months and months. All right. Well, to us, it's months and months and months and months. To him, it's days. To the readers, it's even worse. Okay, well, Web of Spider-Man 122. Ben, Ben is web swinging, thinking about how he fell back into the hero gig, and now he's settled back into New York, and really he feels that he shouldn't be, that it wasn't his place, but, I mean, once he got back in, he just kind of fell into things. Then, he's knocked off balance by some weird vision of the Jackal, and by the way, the vision of the Jackal, it matches up the uh, backup in Power and Responsibility, where the Jackal's on the jetpack going towards the escaping clone on the rooftop. And, like I said, it knocks Ben off balance while he's web-swinging. We also have Peter. 
he's having similar visions. He's in his bedroom, and he sees Warren in the mirror, and he's also having these memories of uh, kissing a Gwen Stacy clone. Those are also from the backup when the Gwen Stacy clone and the Peter clone are in their pajamas and they're kissing. And that interrupts a tender moment between him and Mary Jane, because he's kissing Mary Jane, and all of a sudden he has this uh, image of kissing Gwen, which is always an awesome thing when you're kissing your uh, wife. So he brushes off his flakiness and tells Mary Jane that he's just recovering from the virus. So I guess he told her about the virus sometime in the interim. But he shares with her his excitement about the fact that their relationship is back on track and that they're having a child. Ben's visions are somehow drawing him to this spot in the woods. There he meets a miniature version of the jackal called Jack, who calls Ben Pete, by the way, which is pretty interesting. The way that Jack is described now, this was pre-Austin um, Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, but it's basically, you know, Jackal's mini-me, which is a, something that we can all understand. Scarlet Spider naturally has some questions, and he's informed that they'll be answered behind a door. But before Ben can go any further, he's attacked by this huge, large, hulking figure. I, I just used a bunch of adjectives to describe large, didn't I? But yeah, <laughs> called The Guardian. At the Bugle offices, Peter has just shared the good news about the pregnancy with Robbie, but he otherwise wants to keep things hush-hush until the pregnancy is further along. As Peter leaves the office pondering baby names, Jacob Raven is also leaving Jonah Jameson's office, and he and Jonah just had a private talk, which has obviously left Jonah Jameson unsettled. Peter gets some more jackal visions as he's leaving and collapses. Raven tries to help Peter up, but Peter takes off in a hurry, which leaves Jacob Raven pretty puzzled. At the hospital, Anna Watson thinks May is giving up life to make room for the baby, but Mary Jane is still convinced that Aunt May is going to live to see the birth of her child. Neither of them notice May blinking and shedding a single tear. Uh, can you do that in a coma? I don't know. The guardian, who we learn has been programmed to feel only pain and the need to guard the doorway, continues to fight Scarlet Spider as Jack cheers on, and Kane watches in the shadows. Guardian finally overpowers Ben, knocks him out, leaving Jack disappointed, saying, well, I guess we'll just have to wait for the other one. Peter, dressed up as Spider-Man, is getting more visions and wonders about the implications of him remembering the clone's birth. Implications that are a bit too scary for him to fathom, because if you're remembering the birth of the clone, well, that can only mean one thing now, can it? He then gets a vision of Ben passed out in the snow, and by the way, he also calls him... He, when he sees Ben pass down the show, he refers to him as brother, and he realizes that this is not a memory, it's something that's happening now that he's somehow getting a vision of. He swings off to help Ben, vowing not to turn his back on him this time. Which takes us into Amazing Spider-Man, issue 399. Kane is looking over the unconscious body of the Scarlet Spider when Scryer appears and taunts Kane, and taunts Kane for his continual stalking of Ben Riley. Kane seems familiar with the Scryer and tells him to leave them alone. Scryer replies that he had, that they have nothing to fear from him. Dot dot dot. Yet, as he disappears, Kane hides back into the shadows. His words, by the way, he's like, "I need to go back into the shadows." When Peter shows up, Ben wakes up and has a tense reunion with Peter. They both talk about how their visions brought them there, but Peter soon takes some pot shots at Ben's costume, and Ben takes some shots back at him before Jack returns to taunt them both. So, yeah, nobody's really getting along right now. The spiders are both annoyed at Jack, which uh, the readers are, too, if you're reading this book. So the spiders are charging to attack Jack as Peter thinks about how he suspected all along that his clone survived and was this quote-unquote scarlet spider person that he was reading about in the paper, but he refused to confront that fact till just now. He also considers, once again... The fact that these clone pod memories may be his and not Ben's. So they're chasing Jack, who leads them to the door. And by the time that they get to the door... Oh, no. Let me rephrase it. Chasing Jack leads them both to a door. With Jack nowhere to be found, the door... It's just kind of this, like, door frame that's in the middle of the woods. Like, that basically, it looks like it leads nowhere. Very Allison and Wonderlandingly. But all of a sudden, a hand lock appears. The spiders use their hands to activate and open the door, which apparently now does lead into some laboratory. I guess it was a hologram or something. Ben notices to himself that Peter seems to be back from the abyss that he uh, seemed to be while they were in Ravencroft together. But Ben is not exactly happy about this. He has mixed feelings about it. Like, you know, he, you know, 
he would rather have Peter be an emotional wreck. Jack is on the other side of the door, and the spiders promptly punch him out as the readers cheer. The spiders ask Jack what the deal is as the door closes and locks behind them. He promises to lead them to the real jackal for all the answers. Peter reminds him that uh, they saw the jackal die, but Ben reminds him that uh, he also saw Scarlet, referring to Ben. Ben's like, I hate that name. He said, well, we also saw Scarlet die as well, and things aren't exactly as they seem. The Guardian bursts into the scene, screaming to make the pain stop, much to Jack's horror. At this point, Jack is dropping his little joking facade, and he's a little terrified at the fact that a Guardian's dying. Jack explains as he takes off his mask that the same fate is going to be awaiting him because he's showing the veins and the scars, the early signs of clone generation that Guardian had on his face before he died. He says that this is going to happen to him, the spiders, and all the other clones. The real jackal then emerges from his clone pod, buck naked to boot, and he's now not really the Professor Warren that he was back in the 70s, but he's horribly mutated, and he looks actually like a real uh, cartoonish jackal now. Jackal gives some villainous exposition as he dresses. He's been in the clone pod for five years, regrowing and mutating his body, while observing Ben and Peter, and he's, you know, doing a lot of bad puns also, but watch the Playboy channel, LOLOL. He programmed them both to return in time for his awakening. He says that he's the real Professor Warren, and that the one that died in Shea Stadium back in issue 149 of Amazing was a clone. Peter goes nuts and throws a punch at Warren, but Ben tries to calm him down. Warren further explains that both Guardian and Jack are failed clones that he kept to guard the mountain retreat for the spider's eventual visit. Interestingly enough, while there's the speech bubble about uh, failed clones, we see Kane watching in the shadows as Warren further explains how clone degeneration destroys his weaker clones. Hmm. Warren tells Peter that he, like Ben, is also a clone. Behind him in the pod is a... Okay, this... This is why the Clone Saga is so effing confusing. <laughs> okay. Warren tells Peter that he, that Peter is a clone, just like Ben, and that the person behind them in the clone pod that hasn't been opened yet is the real Peter Parker, who's been in status for the last five years. Peter doesn't really take this news too well and once again snaps at the jackal. Ben once again tries to calm him down, but Peter isn't taking it and punches Ben as he states his life is finally together and reveals to Ben that Mary Jane is in fact preggers. Ben also kind of snaps at a bit of this news and he takes, you know, the fact that Peter's having a life and he isn't. And he takes some cheap chops at Peter and he's like, are you, are you afraid that you're as just as much of a fake as I am? Demanding proof, the Jackal complies and opens the clone pod, but then he's like, oh, whoops, I guess I accidentally opened the wrong one. And out comes a naked Gwen Stacy clone who, well, is it a clone? Because the Jackal's claiming that this one is the real deal, which is that issue's cliffhanger, which leads us into the final part of Smoke and Mirrors being No Adjective Spider-Man issue 56. Peter becomes unglued at the sight of this Gwen Stacy clone and once again lays a beating on the jackal. Gwen, who's gotten dressed in the interim between panels, tries to calm Peter down by saying that it's really her. Um, she's calling him Peter while he's in the Spider-Man costume with the mask on, by the way. I'll get into that when, I, when we're talking about our notes for the issue. While Peter is distracted by Gwen, it's Ben's turn to get angry at Warren and demands answers from him. Warren teases him, and he's like, oh, by the way, how's Mae Parker doing? Speaking of Mae Parker, we get a very brief subplot scene of Mary Jane at the hospital with Aunt May, begging her not to die, and we get some more Aunt May coma narration. Aunt May coma narration about being very, very tired. Seriously. Warren starts to give Ben some mind games while Jack interrupts constantly, asking Warren if he'll be dying of clone degeneration too, like the Guardian. Warren and the readers are both tired of Jack at this point, so Warren just picks him up and tosses him across the room. Gwen is in tears, meanwhile, that Peter won't acknowledge her as the real deal and becomes an emotional wreck, just like the real Gwen did. And Peter just gets angry and starts smashing Warren's lab. So yeah, we've got a pretty emotional room here, you know. Warren is still playing the mind games with Ben. He tells Ben that he is the real Peter Parker, 
Warren further explains that he was the one who saved Ben from the smokestack, and that Peter only thought Ben was dead because Ben was injected with something that would slow down his metabolism. Because for those of you who remember, when we were dealing with the backups, Ben Riley, after he was put into the smokestack back in the 70s, he woke up outside of the smokestack. We didn't know who rescued him, but Jackal says that it was him, so that's one question answered. He also claims that he injected Ben with fake memories of him being the clone. Kane watches in the shadows, and Scryer, who looks in the shadows, is watching Kane watching in the shadows. Yeah, pretty much what's happening. Jackal eventually provokes the spiders into battle, with the assistance of Jack, who jumps on Ben's shoulders, kind of funny. He then tells Peter that Peter is the real one. Ben asks why Jackal told him that when he just told Ben the same thing. And Jackal's like, ah, for fun. Peter accuses Warren of just being a stone-cold liar. And he's like, besides, I already read the High Evolutionary's journal, and I know that you never really created clones. Jackal says that uh, the journal was a lie and quickly dismisses it. Jackal tries to hook Peter up with Gwen. He's like, come on, there's the real Gwen Stacy. You know, you want to hug or kiss her. I promise I won't tell your wife. But Peter tells the crying Gwen that he is a life now. Gwen hugs Peter and cries as she melts. Uh, as she's melting and dying to clone generation, she still tells Peter that she's the real Gwen. Denial much? Jackal laughs at the spider's reactions and says that it's all smoke and mirrors as the spiders once again demand answers. Warren goes through this magic mirror porthole and says that either of them are real, they're both clones, and that the lab is going to blow. Jack tells them to go through the front door as the spiders are panicking, like, what are we going to do? We can't get through the mirror. How are we going to get out? Jack's like, just use the front door. Duh. And he reveals that the reason why he's helping them is because that they may be his only hope for a clone degeneration cure. Warren kind of opens up the magic mirror again, grabs Jack, takes him through, as the spiders escape through the front door as the place blows up. The spiders walk off all confused as Jackal, watching, their, watching them, enjoys their confusion. So, okay, here's what's going on. The spiders are being watched by Jackal, who's being watched by Kane, who's being watched by Scryer. Everybody got that? Okay. And in case you're not confused enough, in Mince the Rubble of the Lab, we get a clone pod. The clone pod that supposedly has the quote-unquote real Peter Parker in it. Getting ready to open, which is the end of Smoke and Mirrors. Okay. Thank you, Bertoni, for that convoluted, very confusing rundown of this story. Gerard, go first. Tell us your thoughts. Well, uh, I think I can pretty much wrap up all three of them together by saying they're pretty much a mess. I mean, I mean, look, even though we have the you know, gift of hindsight and everything, we kind of know where all these things are rolled, it's still confusing as all hell. I mean, did any of you guys actually were able to read this thing through and be like, oh, that makes sense, and that makes sense, and, you know, clearly get an idea? Because, I mean, I sure wasn't, but... Um, <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not, and it gets worse in Players and Pawns. Oh, I know, I'm not looking forward to it either. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things wrong with this. I mean, for one thing, how the hell did we get out to the Catskills? I mean, like, I understand, you know, oh, you might be able to web-swing a little bit, but, I mean... Did it just do 200 miles of web-swinging off-camera or something that we weren't looking at? I mean, He, uh, he pretty... went up to a plane. The plane went, you know, <laughs> plane was going towards the Catskills. Or it was the helicopter. One of the other. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, I, I guess, but the, on the good side, I mean... Where's my no prize? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have the authority to handle that. Or... Yeah, okay. uh, but I mean, at least, you know, at least things are happening compared to the last few months. You know, we're finally getting some meat and some movement on the gist of the clone side. You know, Peter's finally starting to wonder if he's a clone and all that kind of stuff. And, and he meets with Ben, which is great. Finally, he meets with Ben again after so many months. But, uh, but I would say Amazing was the best of the three, if only because the art was so much better. I think it was the, a lot of the good... A lot of the better stuff, like Ben and Peter, etc., happened in that issue. So I give that one a C. And the other two probably a, about a D minus. I mean, they were really choppy to read, and it was mostly just BS and nonsense stuff that I just couldn't understand. Okay, so give us your grades again. Uh, I 
give amazing a C, and I'm going to give web and uh, adjective with B minus. Okay, B minus C for amazing. Okay, he makes his return with with reviews in this episode. Mister Mister Brandon DP, give us your give us your thoughts on this issue. Okay, um, so for this arc, um, the arc was nice. Writing, eh, not so great. Um, anyways, for the one that the best issue out of all of them, this arc I think was uh, Web with Spider Man. Uh, I like Jam Nibetes. Uh, I liked his. I liked most of his work. I liked his work in Craven's Last Time. I liked his work in Justice League International that I started reading. Which is good. Um, I think he delivers the dialogue the best out of all uh, three issues, um, including Amazing and Peter Parker. Um, but, actually, uh, uh, I should point out he actually only plotted this issue. I think it was the Diego actually scripted it. The web. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, my bad. I mean, well, it, nevertheless, um, it was still, I think, the best issue of the arc. For uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, 399, um, the art was really, really nice. It was, uh, I think, Mark Bagley art. Yeah, Mark Bagley art, for sure. Um, I, I don't I, I don't like this story that much. Um, uh, after reading uh, Clone Saga number three, the new one, it's, it feels like it was done a lot better there than what's being done here. I don't know if it was the original, but uh, I just didn't like it that much. Um, one, one, like, a panel that uh, caught me that looked like horrible dialogue, something that you'd see in, uh, I guess, Spider-Man nowadays, was like uh, the Jack jumps out of nowhere and Peter and Ben yell out, Hey, look, a midget in the Jackal's costume. I shall call him... Mini me. <laughs> I, I guess that that stuck out, but uh, that that was really cheesy. And uh, uh, for spectacular, oh, oh uh, I mean Peter Parker. Uh, the, it concluded. I don't care much for the Gwen clone. Um, I did. Didn't we see her in Amazing when Jerry Conway was writing it? This is uh, a different Gwen clone. Yeah. The, the the original Gwen clone is um, off playing housewife in the suburbs. She's going to come back in a few uh, in a few episodes, oh, yeah. actually. So. Yeah, I actually have that uh, have that issue with the hollow disc. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll yeah, talk about um, more when we get to it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, uh, I, I felt it was cheesy. The the dialogue wasn't that great. Um, the story was. Was average. Um, the Gwen clone was a whiny, uh, was whiny, and then died, and that was that. So I was, hey, I was kind of good. Just like the real Gwen, who was whiny and died. No, no, no. Oh. She was whiny. She was whiny, died, and got knocked up by Osborn. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> that was wiped away with the with the mic. I mean, my mic. Are you sure? Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway. So I'm going to give uh, Web of Spider-Man a B. I'm going to give uh, Amazing and Spectacular, I, I mean Peter Parker, uh, both C's because it, it was an a- it was just average. It, it wasn't a great month, or a great arc anyway. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you, sir. All right, Tony, give your thoughts. All right, well... Well, once again, Stephen Butler did some good art. Uh, the Todd DeZago, uh, I guess teaming up with DeMatteis was pretty good. And you can tell that DeMatteis bought it because it felt like a DeMatteis issue. We get some flashbacks from the first arc, which kind of confuses things because, okay, if Peter's the clone, I can understand how he's supposed to be remembering this stuff. But we now know that Peter isn't the clone, so... You know, I mean, in the year 2010, we know that now. But so why is he remembering all this stuff that happened to Ben in that first backup? And then, then again, Ben was remembering it, too. And supposedly the Jackal injected them with these memories. But how did Peter see Ben lying down in the snow, something that was happening now? Is that just something of the spider sense? Jacob Raven is sure taking his sweet time with this case, by the way. I mean, I think that... 
I guess he's getting some money from the police department. They're covering his expenses. So he's just, like, taking advantage of it, taking his time in New York. He's going to see a Broadway show, you know, <laughs> going to see Rock and Roll. I mean, he's going to have a chat with Jonah. And once again, this is like the second or third time where we've had a scene in the hospital with Anna Watson where she's like, so, May, you ready to die yet? How come you're not dead yet? I think she should die now, Mary Jane. It's like, I think I know why Mary Jane's in all these hospital scenes, because she's afraid that if she leaves May by herself, Anna Watson's going to pull the plug. I mean, read the dialogue. This issue and an issue a few uh, months ago It's kind of what's going on. And then May's coma, blinking, and tear. I I don't know that much about comas. I'm not a doctor, so somebody can correct me. Can that actually happen? Now, when Peters has that reaction to the fact that he might be the clone when that pops into his head, that was pretty strong stuff. That was some pretty strong stuff. This is also the first time in Webb that uh, Peter calls Ben brother. Although, I do think that he calls him Bub. Look, when he calls him brother in this modern clone saga, I think that he actually called him brother when he put him in the smokestack back in the 70s. Amazing issue. Great art by Bagley. Uh, I like how Dematis made you go into, or Dematis, however you pronounce it, let you go inside everybody's head, but even he couldn't save the hot mess that this was. I was glad to see Peter and Ben finally back together for the first time since the first arc. Scryer's also back, though, which is uh, great. I have the same note that uh, Brandon did, a midget in a jackal costume, LOL. One of the funniest lines ever. And what the heck is up with that door? Go back and read the 70s Clone Saga issues if you can, and look at, you know, look at Warren. He had a very, very small lab. He He was a professor at a college university that dabbled in cloning, He was very low-key. He had a small lab, and the Jackal's old hideouts weren't all that elaborate. But my gosh, we got a freaking James Bond, you know, mad scientist lair here. How did Warren do this? Where did he get the money? Forget about where he got the money, but this is a big departure from the lairs that Warren used to have in the 70s. At one point, there appears to be an off-panel fight in between, uh, in, in the middle of the issue with uh, the jackal and the scar and the spiders. Because he's coming out of the pod, he's like, "I'm going to test my might against both of you." And in like the next page, it's like the spiders look like they've been in the fight; their costumes ripped, and the jackal's like, "Wow, that was quite a workout." And it's like, "What? When did this happen?" Uh, if you guys don't get what Kane, what the secret of Kane is now. You're all idiots, because they spell it out for you in this issue. They have a close-up on Kane, as Warren's talking about how his early clones are all messed up and dying of clone degeneration. So, Peter literally says, I've been back from the edge. That's his exact quote here, so nice shout-out there. Uh, the naked Gwen at the end, she, I couldn't figure out what looks so good about her, and I realized it's the fact that she's being drawn without that effing headband that they always have her in every single flashback and appearance. Because she wore the headband in those issues before she died, now every single image of Gwen that appears has the headband on. Where really, there was issues where she wouldn't even wear the thing, so it's good to see her without it. I could have done without the sex change joke, though, that Jackal made. He's like, oh, that's not Peter Parker, unless he got a sex change. I I do like that both Peter and Ben are being written as flawed here, because Ben's, you know, like, you know, having some selfish thoughts about Peter and wanting Peter to be doing bad but they're still kind of built, you know, destroying Peter's character in an attempt to make Ben's more appealing. Now, over in No Adjective, this was the weakest of the three. Tom Lyle, his art is good 90s art, but it doesn't really hold up as well today. And Howard Mackey, well, we all know Howard Mackey. First of all, the clone of Gwen from the 70s, when she came back in the 80s during the High Evolutionary arc, she found out that Peter was Spider-Man. I don't know how this clone of Gwen knows coming straight out of the pod, but when they were trying to figure out if she was the real Gwen or not, that should have been their first clue, because the real Gwen never found out that Peter was Spider-Man. MJ does look good with the Tom Lyle art. But things are going inconsistent from writer to writer at this point. It's like they're not in communicating, because Jack isn't sure about clone degeneration, you know, and where in the last issue he knew what was going on, and now he's like, am I going to die like the other ones did? And in the last issues, we had Peter trying to beat up on Warren and Ben being like, no, calm down, it's not worth it. And this issue, it's Ben doing it. 
Now, you can argue that Ben's in an emotional place, but, yeah, They're finally, finally, at this point in the Clone Saga, addressing the high evolutionary story, which, if I was reading at the time that this came out, and, like, I knew of the whole history, the first thing I would have said, like, during Power and Responsibility was, well, this isn't the real clone, because... The high, uh, the high evolutionary said that Warren never cloned anyone, that Ben Riley's just a mutated Anthony uh, Sebra. And they haven't brought this up since Ben came back, and they're finally bringing it up now, but they bring it up only to dismiss it. Like, what about the high evolutionary? Um, I lied. I'll address it later. LOLs. And they don't address it till much later. And this stuff is so ripe for spoof with that last sequence of shadowy figures watching shadowy figures watching shadowy figures. Oh my god. And Gwen's death. She's denying that she's a clone as she's melting of clone degeneration. Idiot. And Warren, he's like, LOL, fooled ya, the Gwen clone died. Um, I didn't feel that that was consistent with Warren's narration, because Warren is hopelessly in love with Gwen in any form, including her clone, as you'll see in Maximum Clonage. If it has Gwen's face, he's in love with it, and I don't think that he'd be LOLing as a Gwen clone melts. I'm going to have to give this overall arc a grade of a C+. Thank you, Batardi, for that wonderful insight. My problem with this, these issues is it was too damn confusing. It seemed like they were trying to create twists and... T- like, okay, they're at the writers, they're at their writers meeting, and they're like, okay, so we're coming up with the uh, uh, um, smoking mirrors. So um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to... Uh, we need to create some twists. We need to create some twists and turns and... That's how we need to do it. All right? Go. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. You know, it, of course, we've mentioned the, uh, oh, look, it's a midget dressed in the jackal's costume. That was pretty funny. I shall call him Mini-Me. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I like the, uh, the, uh, I like the artwork throughout this entire, art, the entire art. I really like Tom Lyle's art. In a uh, number uh, uh, 56, but that was by far one of the worst issues uh, of the Clone Saga. Um, so I, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. I mean, this was just fail, absolute fail. <laughs> so I'm gonna give the this. I'm gonna give this D plus for all of them. And the dog. Wow. Oh, you, you you could hear that dog. Yeah. You heard the sirens earlier. What were the cop chasing you? Yeah, I'm hardcore like that. Yeah, I can hear sirens too throughout the whole thing. So, uh, all right, let's give our let's give our grades. Okay, I gave D plus, D minus from Gerard on uh, Spider Peter Parker and um, uh, Web of, and uh, C plus on Amazing. Bertoni, what was your grade? I gave the whole arc. Uh, C plus grade. I'm kind of, you know, if one of you fails, you all fail, so I grade everyone together. Okay. That, okay. It, 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 it kind of creates some rivalry and animosity, but a little bit of teamwork between them all, ten years after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, Brandon, what's your grade? Um, I gave Webb a B and everything else got a C. Okay. All right, so, uh, we got one more issue of the month, and it's Spectacular Spider-Man number 222. Okay, Spectacular Spider-Man number 222. Bertoni, give us the rundown of Players and Ponds, part one. Okay, before I give the rundown into that, I'm just going to take you guys into the Marvel offices. Like Zach said, they had that meeting for Smoke and Mirrors. Um, after that meeting, they said, okay, guys, Players and Ponds, everything that you did in Smoke and Mirrors, all the confusion stuff, and take it up to 11! Which they did. And this is just part one that we're dealing with right now. Holy heck, people. Kane searches through the wreckage of the hideout that Warren blew up. Which, uh, Warren blew it up, but it's looking a lot better here than it did last issue. He finds some computers, which were protected in a nuclear-proof chamber. What? Yeah. He intends to check it out to see who is the clone and who isn't, which, uh, he already knows. He thinks he already knows. He's not sure. But he accidentally activates the pod that Warren claimed contained the real Peter Parker. Warren shows up, and the dialogue between him and Kane indicates that they have a long history between them, which is kind of in a Clone Saga trope that two big agnamic figures agnam, that two big figures will meet and they'll you know talk about this unknown history between them. Ooh, 
Kane wants to know which of the three Parkers are real, and Lauren, as usual, gives him some non-answers and multiple answers. Jack, in the confusion, thinks that if the discs that Kane are after are so important, he should probably make duplicates, which he starts to do, but then he sees somebody watching in the shadows. Yeah, which never happens in the Clone Saga. So he freaks out and jumps into Warren's arms, Scooby-Doo style. That mystery man in the shadows is none other than Scryer, who trades some words with Warren, which, uh, like I said, remember what I said about that Clone Saga trope? Here it is again. Warren indicates that he and Scryer have a long history, as well as uh, he's aware of Judas Traveler's gang. During the madness, Kane takes the disc and prepares to leave, but notices that the Peter Parker pod is now empty, Squire also leaves, causing Jackal to wonder what Squire's true role is. Meanwhile, uh, Ben Riley is in a rec center, checking up on Flash Thompson. Uh, he's kind of hanging out in the corner as Flash Thompson is uh, coaching some kids. He has a hat and uh, some sunglasses on, so he's not recognized as a Peter Parker clone. Which, by the way, anyway, Flash is coaching some kids at this rec center, and they're like, Hey, Flash, who's that guy in the corner? Because there's nothing creepy at all about a guy coming in off of the street, staring at a bunch of kids playing basketball in a rec center. Nothing at all. He's also... Now, during this uh, pervy moment, uh, Ben is also considering the possibility of the fact that he might be the real deal, as per Warren's true or false revelations last uh, arc. Kane has read the contents of the disc and realizes that the third Peter Parker is going to screw things up. He then gets another flash of Mary Jane dying. How is Mary Jane doing, though, by the way? Well, she's seen a doctor who tells her that she's healthy, but there's some anomaly with the baby that he'll have to check on. He doesn't think it's cause for much concern, but Mary Jane privately worries that it might have something to do with the radioactive blood that helped conceive this child. Warren and Jack enter another one of his labs, where we see some genetic monsters, which he plans to use for the next phase of his plan. Jack, once again, asks Warren if he's made any progress of curing his clone degeneration, but Warren dismisses him yet again. Peter's at the Daily Bugle, trying to get some work from Robbie, in anticipation of the money that he'll need once the baby arrives. There isn't much available at the moment, but Jonah cuts Peter off before he leaves, saying that Jacob Raven came by before asking questions about him and someone called Ben Riley. Cut to the DA office, where we find out the case has been filed and a warrant for the suspects. Let's be real. We all know that the suspect is Peter Parker. That the warrant for the suspect has been prepared, and he's charged with murder. Peter walks off, thinking about what Jonah told him, but all he knows is that there's a detective asking some questions about him and Ben Riley. He doesn't know anything else about the murder. He makes some comments about how Ben would never do anything too guilty because he is basically Peter from his genetics. But then he's like, well... Is he? And he begins to question it, and he wonders if it was Ben who killed the Grim Hunter in Dr. Octopus. Uh, kind of, but wrong clone. Uh, keep guessing, Peter. Kane, speaking of Kane, though, he finally reveals himself to Peter. He's in this alleyway, and he's giving Peter a file, saying that he's the real deal. He's telling this to Peter. You're the real deal. Here's this file. This only confuses and enrages Peter, and Peter's like, I already knew I was real. Jackal sends his monsters into the gym where Flash and the kids are, and Ben gets the Parker guilt about it, like, oh, Flash was attacked because I was here. Flash gallantly tries to defend his youths, while Ben changes into the Scarlet Spider to confront Warren and the monsters. Kane is prowling the city, wondering about the timing of Warren's concern. When Spider-Man shows up and asks Kane why he startled Peter Parker with the contents of the file, because, yeah, you know, Kane's totally not fooled by that at all, we then see the third Peter Parker hitching a ride on a truck. His mind is hazy, and he doesn't know his name or who he is, only that he is supposed to be doing something really important. And that is the confusing as heck... I, I mean, I wrote this rundown, and I'm still confused. First part of Players and Pawns. All right, uh, Brandon, you should file, give me your thoughts on this. All right, um, this was a very, very, very bad issue. Um, I like Salvi Sima, and he did. I could see where he was going with the breakdowns, and you can see like where uh, some like key Salvi Sima artwork stands out. But Bill, Sign, Q Wiggs, or, or, or I'm not sure. 
um, kind of ruins it with his finishes, and that and that almost killed the whole uh, whole book for me. In the, in this case, um, I thought the story was rushed. Uh, I I didn't like I I think it was a little bit useless. I think we could have gone and uh, seen what more Peter and or even Ben was up to. Like I like Ben didn't have to be in a rec center. He could have been off having a Scarlet Spider adventure rather than just chilling out. Um, I don't I don't like the extra Peter clone or original Peter Parker because I I don't know where this story is going. It's confusing the hell out of me. Um, what else? Um, I like Kane. He he has a cool look to him. He has a he's pretty mysterious and that's it, kind of creepy. But um, but 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 yeah, he he's uh he he's a pretty much a badass and then. Uh, the jackal. I, I don't like this jackal. He looks like a gothic, like just one of those emo kids at the mall, and like with a sidekick. And, and, and yeah, and his dialogue is horrible. He looks like he's trying to be funny, but he's not. Um, anyway, uh, I, I felt the his extra like uh, I don't know what he made like his like his legion of monsters or whatnot. I, I felt that was unneeded and I thought the story was rushed. It was just a fill in story. Um I guess we'll see what more happens with um the new Spider Man clone and maybe they'll develop on him not remembering anything. But other than that, uh if this is where the arc is going then uh, I'm not looking forward to it. Um so yeah, I guess it'd be Okay, thank you, sir. George, what's your what's your thoughts? Uh I thought this was just Really, really, really terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm, spoilers. I'm, I'm just going to skip right ahead to the end. I, I'm giving this an F. I mean, come on. You get a little bit of movement, but look at all the crap. This is. Like, he rolls out these genetic freaks and stuff to, like, fight dudes in, like, a Rex. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? It's like the, the art is just really terrible. And, you know, the jackals out there telling these lame-ass jokes, and, you know, the, the third Peter Parker is slowly making his way into town, and you know that's going to get dragged out forever because that's how things are going. And just, oh, God, you know. I mean, I mean okay, you getting a little bit of movement on the Jackal's plot or whatever, but, I mean, like, I can't decipher what the hell's going on with this guy. Like, do we, do we have any idea why he's doing the things he's doing at this point? No. And, and I mean, that's just, that's just failure. Just... Kane must be a clone of Peter Parker because he's narrating every single detail that happens, just like Peter does. And, like, if you look at those first few pages, I know that we don't really like Bill's inking over Sal's pencils, um, but could they have trusted the art to tell the story a little bit? Because literally, like, we see something happening on panel, and Kane's like, uh, what's going on? This is happening. Oh, my God, I just touched the computer. Like, we can see it happening. It's the art. And once again, the authors are obviously not communicating with each other from issue to issue because Tom DeFalco in this issue uh, has Kane uh, being ignorant of who's in the clone pod. When Warren said what the contents were last issue, and now Kane's pretending that he didn't, the whole – maybe this is just the way that our society is these days – but Ben, you know, creepily wearing, you know, a disguise in the corner of a rec center, staring at some kids. I would have called the police. I'm sorry. I mean, I used to work at the YMCA, and when we had people doing that, just, like, staring at the kids, like, all alone in a corner, like, with jackets and hats and glasses, we, we'd be calling the police on them. Peter comes to the conclusion in, like, one page that it took him the whole Raptor arc to, to think of. He's like, uh, I wonder if Ben was the one who did this. Nah, he's a clone of me. If I wouldn't have murdered someone, Ben wouldn't have. But then, you know, he dismisses it, of course. And actually, that logic... Since we know that, spoiler alert, Kane was the one that killed Jacob Raven's partner, technically a clone of Peter would kill somebody, but Ben is a perfect clone of Peter, Kane isn't. God, this is confusing, just talking about it. And that confrontation between Peter and Kane was weird. Uh, what's going on with this file, and why is Peter getting received it by Kane, and then Spider-Man's pretending that him and Peter Parker are two different people to Kane, when 
obviously Kane knows, but I could see, you know, I mean, then why does, but from Peter's point of view, why would Kane not know his identity, but he knows that Spider, that Peter Parker is being cloned. It's just, this is a whole hot mess. Uh, fans of Spider-Man Crawl Space will notice that Jackal references a Scarlet Spider action figure. No word on how many inches it is. <laughs> You know, I mean, once again, you have to... <laughs> you funny bastard. Yeah. Hey, I'm... Never mind. I'm not going any further, but... <laughs> I like Sal Buscema on Spectacular, and I like Tom DeFalco writing, but once again, Bill's ruining the inks, and... Tom is dealing with a bad hand. I mean, well, then again, Tom was... Well, Tom had just stepped down as editor-in-chief, though, hadn't he, at this point? Yeah, but... So, I don't know how much of this was mandated and how much of it wasn't, but this issue was a hot mess. This was so confusing. You know, this person's the clone and telling the lies to this person, and then this person, and then this person shows up, and... Oh, I know the answers. I know who's the clone and who's the real one, who the third Peter Parker is, you know, what's going on with... I know all these answers, and I'm still confused as heck reading this. D, a flat-out D. The art is horrible. I'm sorry, Sal. I mean, because we can't just keep on blaming Bill, because at one point, some of the blame has to come on Sal. And I'm sorry, Tom DeFalco. I love you to the high heavens and praise you to the high heavens, but everybody has a bad one once in a while, and this was horrible. Uh, I'm going to give this a big, fat, flippin' F. Flippin' F. Flippin' F. Oh, God, this sucked. This was awful. Awful, awful. 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 That bad. I mean, this was probably one of the worst books of the Clone Saga. This was definitely a very, very low point. Uh, not the lowest of points, but uh, definitely a low point. So, the artwork was not good. The story was just crap. Nothing really to advance the plot. It really was pretty much, I would call it, uh, player, uh, Players and Ponds is pretty much Smoke and Mirrors Part 2. Just Smoke and Mirrors with a different name. So uh, that's my that's my thought process. His fault are he just wants it to end, and he just he can't think of it anymore. So. Yeah, I, I can't think of it anymore. My eyes are bleeding. <laughs> I think that they're just stalling for time until Spider-Man 400 at this point. Because they have the pieces where they need to go, but they can't put them in the next spot until 400 comes along. So it's like, oh, we have two extra issues. Yeah, but come on. They could have at least come up with something a little better than, hey, let's have the Jackal unleash an army of mutant freaks. Which, by the way, how did he create those if he's just supposed to be a, a college professor that dabbled in cloning slightly? I mean, this is how... Have him unleash a bunch of freaks on the uh, YMCA. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that part was terrible. Terrible, terrible. Terrible bad. <laughs> it was uh, Bertoni mentioned in talking about the the last arc that, uh, you know, Warren is a, I mean, he's a college professor that may or may not, I mean, you know, they kind of casually dismiss that high evolutionary thing. With, at notwithstanding, I mean, he's basically like a low-level... Geneticist. He shouldn't be able to create these mutant freaks on his own and, you know, have this lab that's enormous and somehow has, like, a teleportation gate in the middle of the cat field to get <laughs> And, you know, he's being rolling around with, like, a mini-me and, you know, he's, like, mutated into a human-jackal hybrid. I mean, where the hell? Come... Oh. <laughs> How much did they have to drink during these plotting sessions? It's like... <laughs> I mean, like, there's some wacky stuff in comedy, but sometimes, like, I mean, like, the amount of stuff that you have to have just either, look, if, if you read the original Clone Saga, like, you know, we have, and then you read, read the stuff, there's such a huge disconnect between the two of them, that you yeah. have to wonder how many of the people writing the books at that point were familiar with the stories and the history, etc. Because it, it doesn't match at all. The funny thing is, we all love the Clone Saga, or we wouldn't be doing this podcast. But, uh, I mean, look, you know, for the people who say that we, you know, praise the old issues to high heaven and hate all the new stuff, listen to this. I mean, because as much as we love the Clone Saga, this was something that ran for a year and a half. 
So there was some good stuff and bad stuff. And the good stuff was really, really good. And I think that it had its good periods and its bad periods. And we're at the point now where things are going off the rails. And I think that, you know, some of the stuff that was before this, the early clone stuff was pretty good. 400 was pretty good. But then everything between, you know, 400 and maximum clonage and then the Scarlet Spider one-shots, I guess, were just pure garbage. Then once we get to, you know, uh, when the writers started to come in and tell their own stories about Ben as Spider-Man, you know, we had, you know, uh, Dan Jurgens and stuff like that. I mean, there was some pretty good stuff until they decided to bring back the crossovers. And, well, the worth of revelations can be argued, and we'll get to that when we get to that. Well, next next episode, if you want to read ahead, it's going to be the conclusion of Players and Pawns, which is going to be Web of Spider-Man 123. Then we have the big one. The big one. Amazing Spider-Man issue 400. The death of the have... genetically altered actress. Yeah, and then we have a, a pretty another pretty big one in Spectacular Spider-Man number 223, which we'll find out why next episode. Yeah. And don't forget, you got a, uh, No Adjective Spider-Man number 57 in there, so yeah. those are the ones that you want to read. Uh, I'm not going to make any promises that we can't keep right now, but we're fixing to get some, you know... Uh, podcasting friends on for the Amazing 400 episode, so check it out. Yeah, and then uh, this is a little premature to announce, but we're going to announce it now. The uh, Maximum College episode is going to be huge. Huge. That's it. How's that for a teaser, Gerard? Uh, I, huge. You know, I keep thinking of, what was that? What was it uh, on... Conan O'Brien had to imitate where, where he would talk to Donald Trump. Donald Trump was all the time. All I'm imagining is Donald Trump's face with that fake mouth had it on saying that. Like, huge. 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 I, I, <laughs> but uh, that wraps up this edition of <laughs> the Clone Tiger Chronicles podcast. Uh, Bertoni, give the phone number one more time to, for, the, for the good folk. All right. 206-339-5570. You like teddy bears? Call the number, and a teddy bear will get to keep his head. Okay, and if you, if you don't call us and leave us a voicemail, you can also contact us via Clone Saga Chronicles, all one word, at gmail.com. That's Clone Saga Chronicles, all one word, all lowercase, at gmail. Dot com. You can also leave us a review on iTunes, which we do appreciate, and you can also leave comments on the Spider.com Facebook fan page. That's right, the Facebook fan page of Spider.com. You can leave comments, questions, concerns, or anything else you want to leave. Uh, just go on to Facebook, type in Spidey, Spidey Dude, S-P-I-D-E-Y-D-U-D-E, and you'll sure enough be able to find it. So. Check us out there. Become become our friend. We like we like having a lot of friends. Yeah, we get lonely. Yeah. Ho ho ho! It's magic. Telling you that this call's being recorded? Because it totally is. Okay, well, it is recording. Alright, Brandon, is your mic muted? Alright, he's typing. He's saying, I'm such a burden. You up? No? Wait, what? <laughs> um, Brandon, I can name about five reasons why that wouldn't be wise of me. Number one, you're a minor. Number two, we are. <laughs> Number two, we are of the same gender. Number three, it would totally ruin me because of the career that I'm in. If something like that got out that I did it, it would probably ruin me forever. Number four, um, you're just totally not my type. Number five, see reasons one through four. I'm so scared about this Wi-Fi going out. You're from uh, Winnie the Pooh. You know, the one that's always the pretzel, but... Eeyore. 
Dior. Okay, she's okay. She's recording. Wi-Fi, don't fail me now. Welcome back, friends. <laughs> I don't. I, 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 I don't know why Gerard's making fun of me. I, I, I don't know my interest. <laughs> okay. Coming down in three. Two. Hello. Hi. I am plugged my damn microphone. Dude. <laughs> okay. Coming down in three. Okay. Anyway. So coming back down in. <laughs> you don't have to come down, just come back. Anybody? Anybody? It's Zach's turn. Zachary! Hello. You put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and Zach is off the call. Zach is somewhere distracted, or his mic is muted. That's what it's all about. I think he just, like, he goes to record these things, and, uh... And when we trail off doing our little discussions, I think he, like, you know, puts the headset down, watches TV, gets a beer, plays some video games. <laughs> and I'm like... Thank you. Oh, hi, Zach. <laughs> that hurts. Am, uh, is, it, is it on the money? Because we called you for, like, two minutes. Maybe. <laughs> if you listen to the last Crawl Space podcast, that totally happens, like, two or three times. Okay, I was going to pee. <laughs> it's all good. Are you going back to pee again? No. Okay, it's your it's your turn to talk about the issues. Bertoni, don't... You know what? I, I stopped because I need to read what you're saying in case it's like, Bertoni, we can't hear you or something. Alright, let me start. <laughs> let me start this. Wait a minute, every time. Relax. It cut off last time, and I was like, oh my god, what's going on? Okay, well, it's recording now, so... Okay, let me show on we get lonely. <laughs> um. Oh, oh, magic! You know, <laughs> never fully. Oh, 